This is Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. This program is designed to help you build your faith in God's Word, receive His healing delivering power, and experience God's best in every area of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what you may be facing, His Word and power are available to you today. We've been talking about the integrity of God's Word, and I'm reminded um, that as a boy growing up, there's a certain constancy or consistency we had in our home. For example, we'd wake up in the morning and mom would have breakfast uh, made for us. My dad was a hard-working person, so he would be working uh, quite a lot. But there was that constancy. So we woke up in the morning, porridge was on the table, or breakfast or whatever was made for us was on the table. Clothes were ironed and ready for us to put on. Of course, as we got older, then we had more responsibilities. But there was that certain constancy, that, that consistency, if you will. Coming home from, uh, from, uh, from school as a children, myself and my siblings, you know, dinner would, dinner would be made on the table, ready for us to eat. So I'm saying that to say this, to me, that was part of a consistency, a constancy, a reliability uh, that helped. And I believe those, those, those patterns of consistency and reliability, that speaks to enough in, in, in part to integrity that helps us to build uh, solid lives. And oftentimes without that integrity in our lives, then we see the shortfalls in different areas of our lives, in different areas of our society. And so integrity is really important. In fact, your relationship with God um, is based on integrity and based on knowing that he's a God who always does what he says, always means what he says, always fulfills every promise he speaks out of his mouth. He says no word he speaks is void of power. He watches over his word to perform it. He doesn't just say something and forget about it, or he doesn't just say something in the heat of the moment. Have you been in a relationship or been with someone and they just say something to get you off their back? You know, sometimes parents say that to children. We say, you know, they say, well, you know, just, you know what, if you just be quiet, or I tell you what, um, okay, I'll give you this. And they don't intend to follow through on it, but they just say that just to get that child off their, off their back, so to speak. The thing is this, God wants us to be people of integrity because he's a person of integrity, always does what he says, always means what he says. If he doesn't plan to, say, to do something, he never says it. I think about that. So whatever he says, he does. And we've been talking about that God has a track record. He has a history of doing everything he says. And again, why does he do this? Why does he have a Bible of someone, the most atheistic person you know, if they're really honest and they really want to know if there is a God, they can pick up this scripture, they can pick up this Bible and find out historically, did God do everything he said he would do? Is he, is he honest? And if he has, and if, if we're honest, you'd have to come to the conclusion that God is completely infallible, completely reliable, always honest, always truthful, always good. He does what he says. 
And we've been talking about, we began by looking at Abraham's life, because again, Abraham's life is a picture of the faithfulness of God. God said to Abraham, I'll make of you a great nation, when he had no children. I'll make your name great. I'll make you a blessing. I'll bless them that bless you. I'll curse him that curses you. And through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Through, through um, Abraham's line, through Abraham came Jesus, the son of the living God, by whom all the families of the earth, all the nationalities of the earth are blessed. So God did exactly what he said. I mean, I mean, that is exciting. We talked talk furthermore about uh, from Genesis chapter 15, where God said to Abraham, your people, your seed, your offspring are going to go into bondage, into slavery for 400 years. Now think about this historically, not just Bible, not just some conservative fanatic saying, well, this is what actually happened. But historical proof gives us the evidence that Israel was in fact in bondage in Egypt for how many years? 400, not 300. It's in the book to let us know it actually happened. History proves it out. The names of different pharaohs, different lands, different places are there in the Bible. So the most the honest person, the most inquiring mind who really wants to find out, is there a God? Does he really exist? Is he truly infallible? Is he truly trustworthy? Is he truly of the highest character of any being? Then it's there to be found if someone really wants to find it. So we looked at that. God said, You're going to be in, they're going to be in bondage 400 years, but I'm going to deliver them. But I'm not just going to deliver them, but I'm going to deliver them into the land of the Amorites, and the land of the Canaanites. And he did so. Now we're moving fast forward a little bit. That was done. But then we, we left off last time looking at Exodus chapter 33, where God says, Now, Abraham, it's uh, Moses, excuse me, it's time now for you to take my people into the land. I'm going to read it right now. In Exodus 33, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up hence, you and the people which you brought up out of the land of Egypt. Remember why did he say that? Because he said, came to Abraham and to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and said, I'm going to send you to deliver them. Why? Because I swear, I promise this to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I know I'm repeating myself, but I wanted to get through to you. Everything about God is his integrity. That's what matters to him. He always does what he says. He's never spoken an idle word. He's never spoken a word just strictly from his emotion or feeling. The thing is this, if he said it, he's got to do it. He's got to make it good. In Numbers 23, 19, he says, He's not a man that he should lie, but the son of man that he should repent. Has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? He watches over, Jeremiah 1, 12, 12, his word to perform it. He's watching over it. He's making it good. He lives to carry out what he says. So he says this, Exodus 33, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up hence, you and your people, which you brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swear, which I swear, which I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your seed will I give it. He's got to do this. And I will give an angel, send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Ittite, the Perizzite, and the Ittite, and the Jebusite, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. So God says, now I'm going to drive those, um, I'm going to give you help. 
by the angel, the angel assigned to your nation. I'm going to give you help in driving out, dispossessing those nations because I promised that's the land that would go to my people Israel. Now understand it says in one scripture that the sin of the Amorite. Now what happened, the Amorites in those lands had many, many, many decades, many, many years, hundreds of years to get right. But they, they became so sinful and, and so ungodly in so many ways that judgment came on them. They got dispossessed and um, Israel took over their land. The thing is this though, all because God had to do what he said. I'm so, again, he says what he, what he means. He means what he says. What he promises, he does. He always does what he says. But even though, now God tells um, Moses, go ahead, bring them in, because I've, I've, I've said I've got to do it. I told it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses says this, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to go if you go with me. And now you can understand now, he's going to have to go in and lead the dispossession of those nations to drive them out and, and occupy it, that land. This is a big task. How is he going to do this? So he says, oh, God, I can only go if you go with me. And so he's in a dialogue with God and says, God, I can only go if you go with me. Let me know that, that truly I've found grace. I've found favor in your sight. In other words, let me know that you're going to go with me. And he says an interesting word. He uses this word in verse, um, this is where we left off last time, I believe. In verse 19, verse 18, or I'm going to go back verse 17 says, the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that you've spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Well, what did Moses speak? He said, God, I need you to go with me. I'm not going up if you don't go with me. It's good enough to have the angel, yeah, but you know, for this assignment, I need to know that you're going to go with me. And God says, listen to this now. So Moses says, and he said to him, I beseech you, show me your glory. Now that's an interesting word because the word glory means honor, fame, distinction, renown, beauty, splendor, magnificence. So show me your greatness, show me your awesomeness, show me your power. Also means wealth, abundance, riches, provision, power, assets, what makes one distinguished and of great quality. So he says, show me this. So, so he wants God to come in his splendor to come with him. But it's interesting, God says this, he doesn't say, I will make all my glory pass before you. No, he says, I'm going to show you my, I'm going to make my goodness to pass before you. What's that all about? God's saying this, you're asking to see my glory, my goodness, my magnificence, all this. Abraham, Moses, I already told you. Because you asked, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to make my goodness pass before you. He uses the word goodness. Well, what is goodness? Goodness has to do with character. Goodness has to do with dependability, reliability. I'm going to show you my character. I'm going to show you that I always do what I said I would do. I can be trusted, Moses. I can be trusted to do what I said. Really what he was saying is this, Moses, I already told Abraham what I said I was going to do. I told the same thing to Isaac, same thing to Jacob. I told you when I first called you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to dispossess those nations. I'm going to bring you and that nation into this land because I said so. See, what was he appealing to? He was appealing to um, getting Moses 
to trust his character. Think about that. See, trust in his character comes before his power. If you'll trust his word, you'll, tr you'll see his power. Many people are trying to see God's power, but the way you'll see his power is by trusting his character. The more, and how do you trust his character? Trust what he says. Trust his words. He says, no word from my mouth is void of power. What did Jesus say? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. What did God say? I watch over my word to perform it. He is watching over his word to perform it. And that should inspire us again, I've said this many times, to find out what he says in his word. What does it say about you as a person? How, what does it say about how to live, how to please God? See, find out it's in his word. Trust, the more you trust his character, the more you trust his word, is the more you will see his power demonstrated in your life. You, you lack power, so I'm lacking power. Find out what the word says. He's watching over his word to perform it. No word from God is void of power. It's full of power because God is doing what he says. Now I want to bring your attention to something else. In Psalms 136, now I love this, this will help you a whole lot. It says this, because we talked about track record, we talked about history, talk about character. That's what integrity is all about. Someone's proven track record. Someone's references, if you will, and what they've done. And we see a number of this in the thanksgiving of the nation of Israel. See, the nation of Israel was taught to thank God, to continually offer praises to God. And I want to just bring your attention to a few things here. In Psalms 136, it says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. See, he's good. That's his character. Again, that's his integrity. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks. Notice the first thing, for he is good. His character always does what he says, has never lied, has never been dishonest, has never deceived anyone. Everything he says has been well-intentioned, full of right morality, full of rectitude, righteousness, honesty, dependability, reliability, fulfillment of what he says. He's always doing what he says. That is someone who's good and God is ultimately good because he can do everything he says. Sometimes we might make promises and we were well-intentioned, but we realized later we couldn't do it. He has never had such a problem. He has never had to repent or change his mind about something he said because he does what he says and he means what he says and does what he says. Look what he says him. To him alone does great wonders for his mercy endures forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endures forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters for his mercy endures forever. Notice all of this came out of his goodness, all of this. To him that made great lights for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day for his mercy endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night for his mercy endures forever. Now watch this. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. Now why did he have to do that? Because he had to do that to deliver Israel out of Egyptian bondage, because he said so to Abraham. He brought them out from among them. Why? Because of his mercy endures forever. See, knowing God's mercy, God's goodness, excuse me, will show you his mercy, his character, 
is integrity, his reliability, what he says, and the goodness of his character demonstrates his mercy, his goodwill towards you and I. Look at what he says now. He says to him that which divided the Red Sea into parts for his mercy endures forever and made Israel to pass through the midst of it for his mercy endures forever. See his mercy demonstrations, actions of his goodwill, of his character. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea for his mercy endures forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness for his mercy endures forever. To him which smote great kings for his mercy endures forever. Look at verse 19, no verse, and verse 18. Slew famous kings for his mercy endures forever. Now I got down to this, why are you reading all this? Look at this now. Sion, king of the Amorites. Now if there was no king, Sion, no king by the name of Sion, King of the Amorites, if there was no such king that God claimed to drive out of this land, of his land, then we'd have to say God was not who he claimed to be. That's why I told you the Bible is not just a religious text. Think about this. It is intertwined with God's working in the history of humankind. It shows his infallibility. There was a king called Sion. If you're honest, you check it out. There was a king, Sion king of the Amorites who was dispossessed because God said so in his promise to his man Abraham. Look at verse 20. Og, aren't you glad you don't have that name? The king of Bashan for his mercy endures forever. So Hog, he got kicked out. Think about that. Now why is the name there? See all of that, see I think about some of this. Why? Why it's there? It's because you can show God said it, he did it. There are other kings he, he moved out by his angelic power because of why? Because of what he said. He's got to do what he says, people. He's got to do what he said because he's God. It's all about his character. If he said it, he'll make it good. He'll do what he said. Now I'm going to check and look, look at this. Now. See, that's part of his track record. That's why I'm reading that. Look at this one. Luke chapter 2. It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Now this is around the time of Jesus. Now look at this now. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. I made reference to this some time ago. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with his with Mary's espoused wife being great with child. Now think about this. Right about the time of Jesus' birth, there was Caesar Augustus, so the Roman um, emperor at the time. We also have Cyrenius, governor of Syria. Check the historical records and there will be a Caesar Augustus and there was a Cyrenius who was governor of, of uh, Syria. We will see that. All of it historically accurate, historically correct. See, that's why we have the Word of God. In Luke chapter 3, it does something interesting also. I'm going to probably try to close this segment with this. But it says this, 
after Jesus was baptized in the Spirit. It says this in verse 24, in verse 23, Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Eli, which was the son of Matat, which was the son of Levi, which was the son of Malchi. That goes on all the way down and goes back. It's all about these names are given if they were not in existence, if they were just made up, it would mean God was deceiving and lying. But no, they're actually, check the history books. These are people actually lived at that time. This showing the lineage of Jesus, true, physical, concrete lineage of Jesus, which cannot be disputed, which is completely accurate. Listen, you can trust God's word today because he means what he says. You can depend upon him. You shall be saved and your household. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The answer you need, will you seek God today? He will never deceive you. He loves you and he cares about you. In line with what we've been uh, sharing on the integrity of God's word, well, we can approach the area of uh, healing belongs to you from the same thing, uh, from the, from the um, same basis that we know it is God's will to heal you because sickness does not come from God. Uh, where does it come from? It comes from Satan. Now, how do we know that? Because God said so in his word. Again, he never lies. He's always honest. So if he said in his word, sickness comes from the devil and not from him, then we need to believe what he says because he never lies. Now, how do we know? Because he said it in his word. So it's God's will to heal you because sickness does not come from God. It comes from Satan. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, great scripture here. This is Peter recounting the ministry of Jesus. And what does he say? How God anointed, anointed, Acts 10, 38, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all, not just some, all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So as he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. Now think about this. So now he tells you who the oppressor is. So God cannot lie. He tells us where sickness, oppression comes from. So sickness is a form of oppression. It's a, it's a form of satanic oppression. So we see here, he said, he went about doing good, Peter says, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So Jesus is the healer, Satan, is the oppressor. So don't confuse the two. God is not the oppressor or else he would not have anointed or specially anointed Jesus to heal the sick. Now think about that. If we believe that God is the one who oppresses and we believe that God puts sickness on people, then we would have to think, we'd have to believe then, think about this, that doctors, nurses, the medical profession, they would have to be doing a work that God doesn't approve of. No, if they're helping humanity, that's, that's a good work. You notice our hospitals are not employed or not engaged in trying to make people sick. What are they engaged in? In trying to make people well. So how dare we 
put God in the category of the oppressor to say, well, he's the one who puts sickness and disease on people. No, he said it in his word. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. God's word and God cannot lie. So we believe what he said. He's the healer. Satan is the oppressor. So you can resist the devil today. You can take authority over sickness and disease. You just need to stand strong and resist it and say, no, I'm not accepting this in my body. It didn't come from my Lord. Receive your health and healing today because he loves you. And he says, he's the healer. He's not the oppressor. Hi, my name is uh, Grace. I'm a member here at uh, Foundation for Life Foundation Church. I thank God for the gift of uh, this congregation here. Uh, it says in uh, Jeremiah uh, 23 and then uh, Ephesians chapter 4 that the Lord will give us leaders, He will give us pastors. For the longest time I, I didn't know what that meant until I joined this congregation and listened to a message by Pastor Carl called the gift of the pastor. From then on my life has been changed. I've been able to receive from him as the Lord meant for it to be. It tells us in Ephesians 4 that he, gives those, he gave those men those gifts that they would prepare us and that would grow up and mature into to be Christ-like. And that is my experience uh, having come here. I thank God that uh, throughout every area of my life, my work, uh, my family, relationships, I see a great change. Things are coming into line with what uh, God wants them to be. And I would encourage you that if you're in a place where you're looking to join a congregation, that this could be it for you. Uh, to show that uh, an example that I have of how God, when God joins you to, to the pastor that he has called you to be and, and how he puts you in, in, uh, in, sync, in, in sync with them. While I was away for holiday recently, it came into my heart that I should write down my prayers and make a list of the things that I wanted for the year 2006. I was uh, all the way in Africa for my holidays, Pastor Carl was here. Uh, I remember when I came back later on in the new year, one of the things he talked about was, he, he mentioned the phrase, I remember I told you last year that you should write down your prayer request. And I'm thinking, well, I wasn't here, but I do remember that. And later on, I went and listened to a message that he had preached uh, the Sunday after I'd left. And it's just like what the Lord told me. It's amazing when you start to experience things like that and God starts to show you that uh, this is the right place for you. And that He, through, through the leaders that He has given you, through the, the pastor that He has given you, whose, whose heart is for God, that they will care for you and help you to grow up. It's a blessing. Thank you. If you're in the Toronto or Greater Toronto area, I welcome you and personally invite you to join us for one of our weekly services, Sundays at 11 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at the address on the screen. I really believe that you'll be enriched, encouraged, and strengthened by the ministry of God's anointed word, as well as by the fellowship of other believers who are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. 
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.